everybody, and welcome to our very first in-between podcast. This is a powerful and fun podcast that encourages teens and tweens to live their best lives. Join us each week as we highlight the lives and accomplishments of outstanding youth and families in the community and around the world. You can be part of our broadcast by sending us topics and people you'd like us to highlight. No drama and no gossip, just real talk about what matters to youth and families. Today's topic is about inspiration and who who is inspiring to us. Danny, why don't you tell us who's inspiring to you? Someone who inspires me to live my best life is my grandparents because my grandfather has very good character and that's the character I would like to follow. And my grandmother because um, I just like spending time with her and eating all the junk food she feeds me. And I enjoy spending time with my teacher because... Well, we just have good conversation. She encourages me to eat healthy. And that's, inspi- that's what inspires me to live my best life. And my teacher's name is Miss Fasu. My sister had an opportunity to do an interview with someone who she thought was very inspiring in her life. Let's check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to NB Teen. Today, we are now here with an amazing woman who has showed up, who has showed me that life is not just about help, um, working for others, but working, having others work for you. Welcome an inspiring and empowering woman. Her name is Miss Janet Little John. How are you doing today? I'm well, Peyton. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me to be on your podcast. Um, well, thank you. First, I would like to start off by saying you have really made a large impact on my life. You inspired me to become an entrepreneur in the fourth grade. You planted a seed that changed my life, and that's why I'm so happy to do this interview with you. Well, I knew when I first saw your abilities and what you were capable of doing that you were going to have an incredible future and that you have always shown me that you are very committed to your life and your entrepreneurship, and I just want to continue to support you in doing that because I think you're going to make a huge difference in the world. Thank you. Okay, Kim, we're going to get started with some questions now. Is that okay? That's great. Okay. What was it that inspired you to want to teach children about entrepreneurship and money management? Well, I always felt when I was a child that I wanted to know more about money and Mm -hmm. what was uh, the background behind it. And I felt that young people always had curiosity, just like I did. And so when I had the opportunity to teach the Money Matters class at Sterling Montessori and Miss Vanessa's class, Mm Miss Vanessa is my friend, she said that would be great. And so I said, okay. Um, So we started out small, and we just built and built on the um, premise that young people wanted to know about what money is, where money came from, what does it mean to um, save money, to invest money um, in businesses like the stock market, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur, and what is it, um, what can you do, you know, as a young person, what sort of businesses can you create for yourself? And um, when we saw the opportunity that young people were really hungry for this information, plus they wanted to know, like, what does this job make for a living? What do I have to do to go to school? Um, What kind of schooling do I need to have this kind of job? I thought, okay, this is going to get much bigger. And so we were very excited that there was such an interest in it. And it's still every... 
every time that I'm in um, Miss Vanessa's class and I'm doing Money Matters, I'm very happy that the young people are still engaged in the conversation. So we always kind of lead up to the Mercado, which is mm-hmm. a marketplace in the classroom where each um, group of students, um, there may be one or two students in a team or one student on their own, creates a business where they can uh, create their own service business or their own product or maybe resell something from a wholesale or you know retail distributor like Costco or something like that. And we have a Mercado business um, once a year, usually before the big fee trip that everyone goes to. So, And before we do the Mercado, we have to kind of go through the process of creating our business and, and talking about it. And we try to do this thing like a shark tank, where Miss Vanessa, Miss AJ, and myself will kind of guide the students in making good decisions about their product, if their product has um, a profit, like what their cost of goods is, and what is it going to cost them and their investors, meaning their parents or their, their own piggy banks, and how they're going to make money and pay back their investor, first of all, and also make sure that they are not charging too little or too much for their product. And so the young, the young people in that classroom have always impressed me, and they've always come up with great ideas for businesses, such as doing nails or, or face painting or selling pizza or doing something that's going to make them a profit. And so they usually do very, very well in the, in the, in the Shark Tank. And they learn how to create their own logo, and we give them feedback on, on their business and how to run their business. And then when, when we have the Mercado, Everyone is so excited, and then all the classrooms that come to visit are very excited, too, because then they get to buy something, and, you know, even things like gently used toys and books and things like that really do do very, very well, and the kids sell them very, very well. So I feel like it's it's really a fun activity for them. It builds up to an exciting day. They learn some valuable skills. Sometimes their businesses don't make money, and they learn from that experience, and then the next time they do it, because we have a three-year cycle at Sterling as a Montessori school, so they have fourth, fifth, and sixth grade three years to get an opportunity to sell a product that's going to make them some money, and then they'll have an opportunity to either share it with their partner, pay back their investor, of course, and then they have some extra money in their pocket so that they can buy something at their field trip or invest it in the business for the next year. And for you, you've always been very impressive with your baking skills and your decorating of cupcakes and and I, I was so, so pleased that you had the initiative. Like, you really got it. You know, that was one of the things I saw about you. And you were someone who had the initiative and said, I want to do this. And then when the market, um, the children's um, business fair came around, you did very, very well. And you had the interview and everything. And I said, this child is going to do great in life because she has the initiative. And she, like, here you are, a podcast that is something exciting for you. You know, it's like, it's exciting for me. I feel really honored that you asked me to be a part of this. So to have that energy and that desire is really an important part of it. And I saw that in a lot of the students, and I wanted to continue to encourage that. Okay. The next question is, did you get a sense that children you teach about entrepreneurship and money management understand how this can be applied to their lives? Well, I think that... Sometimes it does take a little while for children to see the value and what this information is going to help them with in the future. Just recently, we were talking in class about the future careers because as time goes on in our society, um, young people are going to have different types of jobs than they do now. So a lot of jobs may go towards more high-tech and more uh, robotics, um, uh, artificial intelligence, programming. So technology is really a big part of our society and future careers. So we talked a little bit about all the future careers um, that could 
be coming out in the next 10 to 20 years. And so uh, we, we had an opportunity to research those different kind of careers and maybe even talk to people who currently do like programming and things like that. So I, I knew that there was something that um, the students needed to have as far as information for the future. Because if they're going to go to college and study something that will eventually become obsolete or become a, a job where they're not paid as well as they could be paid, say they may have to shift their perspective and say, okay, I might need to study more technology or more sciences or math. And especially for young girls. I think young girls need to be encouraged to get into the sciences. You know, STEM is a big catchword nowadays. But I think young young women and, and young young men need to know that there are options in their future, that they can use their love of science and math and, and creativity and technology to really be um, able to make some money for themselves and their families. That's another thing we, we try to learn about is like what does it really cost to live in our society and doing a budget and seeing what a family of four could possibly live on in a week right now, you know, because it's not as easy as people think and young people don't have a really strong concept. So to know what careers of the future are going to be paying and what careers are going to be like is a really fun activity for them to research and, and become aware of. So did I answer that question? Yes, you did. Okay, good. Okay, the next question is, something that you introduced me to, to was business fairs. I was wondering, when did you find out about them? Well, when we went to that first um, children's business fair, I knew um, someone had told me about it, and I researched it, and I said, okay, I'm going to bring this to my, my – my Money Matters class and see if there's anyone that's interested in sharing a table with me. And luckily I had you and I had Nahom, um, Abraham and his sister. And so we had a nice table of, of four students because it was only supposed to be a student fair. So I was just kind of there as a chaperone or a supervisor, whatever you want to call it, and make sure that you guys were okay and to talk about Kaleidoscope, which I'll talk about in a little while. But um, I wanted to just continue to encourage young people to do those fairs because I think it's a great opportunity to get exposure for your business and also see what other children are doing and to kind of encourage um, entrepreneurship out in the community and getting out there. You know, it's like you can have a, a lemonade stand or you can mow lawns or you could be a, a mother's helper and, and babysit um, and get paid for that. But to get your business exposed to the community at, at large is a really wonderful opportunity. And I've been trying to encourage them for many years after the first one. So I'm very happy with what they're doing. Okay. My next question is, what skills do you think an entrepreneur should have to have a successful business? Young entrepreneurs, I think, first of all, they need to have a passion for what they're doing. They have to love what they're doing. Uh, the second thing, the skills that they need are, of course, know about um, the basic math that you're going to need for business, um, unless you're doing something that's going to require high tech, and then you need to go for advanced math and sciences um, and technology, coding, things like that. So to be aware of those types of high tech careers, um, to have a love of uh, business, to, to have a passion means to, you know, being able to engage with other people in the community um, and talking to them about it. So when you um, first introduced the kids to decorating the cupcakes, mm -hmm. you had a passion for that. And now you have a passion for webinars or podcasts, which will educate people. So you have to have a passion for something because if you don't have a passion, it's not as joyful of an experience. So to really have that, plus the knowledge, the mm -hmm. academic knowledge as well. So. 
Okay. Also, I would like to say that you really, really have made me successful in these fairs, and I'm very thankful for that. Oh, my pleasure, darling. <laughs> okay, so the next question is, are there any businesses you currently own or would like to own? Well, I've always loved business, and I've always wanted to um, create businesses. I've done you know, certain things in the past that kind of gave me a little taste of owning a business, but it was not as big as um, five years ago I became involved in creating a high school in Morrisville. And um, I was on the board, and my friend told me about her idea, and I said, I want to do that because I had just gotten my master's a couple of years before then. And I wanted to work as an administrator in a school. And so she said, will you join me in creating Kaleidoscope? And I said, okay. So Kaleidoscope Charter High School has um, recently, in the last year, received its charter approval. So we are going to open in August of 2020. We recently had a building that we really liked that didn't didn't work out. It fell through. So that usually happens. Um, it's challenging to find buildings that work as schools. So that was disappointing. That didn't work out, but we still have another over a year or more to get a building, to lease another building, to open in August of 2020. So as the chairperson of that project, I've learned a tremendous amount of, of lessons, a tremendous <laughs> amount from the experiences and the disappointments and the the challenges as well as the, the successes. So I think that um, being open to um, learning and continue to learn, that's a really important part of business. And um, education is something I feel really strongly about, uh, that young people need to have a student-centered approach to education, that they need um, a place where they can have ownership of their education as opposed to just being passively sitting there and just absorbing the information, which is some ways people like that and some ways people don't like it. So there are students who really love to just engage and get hands-on experience, problem-based learning and project-based learning and things like that. And that's what Kaleidoscope is going to offer as the curriculum um, way of learning, the techniques that we're going to be using for learning. So it's going to give young people um, as close to a Montessori education for high school as they possibly can. Lots of activities and um, projects that are going to give them um, more ownership of their education and more engagement. Okay. My next question is, do you think kid how do you think kid businesses impact the community? Uh, I think that young people who are engaged in entrepreneurship, uh, whether it's selling lemonade or selling their old toys in front of their house, uh, like I did when I was a child, um, I think that impacts the neighborhood. I think it gives the neighbors or the community that they're in an opportunity to support them and encourage them. Um, I also believe that you know, it gives young people a chance to make some extra money. Uh, it gives them a chance to see what it's like to um, give something up and sell, like, maybe old toys or old books and things like that um, in their neighborhood and make some extra money so that they can buy something new as opposed to just relying on their parents to buy them things. They have a sense of, of, of self-sufficiency and, and empowerment from, you know, doing that. So I think it's important to um, give young people an opportunity to be entrepreneurs if that's if they have a desire to do that. So to kind of have parents um, engage in that conversation um, that they never had before. Okay. Um, what is what is it that you think inspires kids to become entrepreneurs? I, I first of all, everyone likes to have 
money. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's pretty, pretty, you know, acceptable that people understand that, you know, money is a way of just having some power that they can go out and buy something for themselves that their parents are not buying for them. Um, so to, to have the ability to make your own money gives you an opportunity to feel some self-sufficiency and some feeling like you're more growing up and, and being more responsible and, and, you know, and having, having that ability to talk to your parents about, okay, I'm going to choose to save my money so I can buy this expensive item as opposed to just waiting for your birthday and things like that. So the parent, it gives the parents and the children an opportunity to have a conversation about why don't you save a little bit? Why don't you spend a little bit? And why don't you, you know, share a little bit, like maybe with, you know, charity and things like that, which is also an important lesson to learn about. Yeah, that's good balance. How long do you think people should wait before changing something or making improvements to their business? Well, I think for young people, if they have a business that's not working, like I I try to encourage the students in the Mercado to really look and see if their product is going to sell. And we've had experience over the last five, seven years doing Mercados, and we know some of the products that are not going to sell. So we wanted to try to encourage them to choose other products that may um, do much more as far as the mercados and sales and things like that. Um, if, if there's a business, say an adult or a young person has a business where they're trying to make money and they're, they're finding it difficult to um, make ends meet with their, you know, their, their inventory is not um, supported by the in- income that they're getting, then they may need to take a look at their product and see if there's really a market for it. They may need to kind of re, you know, reevaluate where their um, business, you know, maybe their product is not the right product at the time. Like, for instance, here's a good example. Um, the rainbow looms, remember mm-hmm. how popular those were? Yes. So that was like a really, that was a fad. Okay, so there are sometimes fads, and then there's some some tr- uh, time-tested products that will always sell. So to try to find something that's not a fad that has, you know, been out for a long time that people are kind of bored with, you, you want to kind of go on to the next product and look for something that's, you know, really, you know, exciting. Or right now in in Miss Vanessa's class, there's a young man who's doing these woven, uh, it looks like it's cord, but he's woven the cord. So it looks like a nice bracelet and it's got a nice closure and he's learned how to make them very quickly. And I said, well, have you looked on Etsy or some of those online sites to see if this is currently being sold and how much they're selling it for. So you can kind of price your product at the Mercado so it's not too high. But then again, you might be able to go to some stores in the neighborhood that you live in and see if they'll be willing to sell some. You know, like maybe that's a side kind of thing that you can do. And so he said he would look it up, and we looked it up on Etsy, and his product was priced right for the Mercado, and then he could also think about selling it to um local stores. So there's always those options. You know, it's nice to look at what's available. And if something is not selling, then you can, you know, reevaluate it. You know, your price point is really important, like how much your product is selling for. Maybe it's too high or too low. And you want to make sure that if your business is not making um, any kind of income, that you kind of reevaluate your product okay. or service. Thank you. Sure. Can you tell us something that a parent should sacrifice for their children to be Come successful with entrepreneurship? Well, I know this is something that we have a hard time with in our society because everyone is very busy and parents are very busy and they're ki- they keep their children busy with after school activities and weekend, you know, soccer and all those kinds of things. So, but time, I'd say, is the biggest sacrifice for parents, especially because when you have a very limited amount of time and you still have all your responsibilities at home and your child is, you know, maybe feeling 
that you're not connecting with them, that maybe spending a good half hour with each other, you know, before bed or, you know, after dinner or during dinner is even the best um, to talk about what was the best part of their day or what was the most challenging part of the day or how we could have, you know, done something differently or, you know, that kind of just half an hour makes a huge difference. And um, sometimes parents just get so busy that they don't get a chance to even do that. So I know time is really precious and I want to, you know, explain to young people that, you know, you can ask your parents just for that half an hour at dinner time or after dinner to just have a conversation and talk about what's really important to you and ask for what your needs are. If you're going to be trying to create a business, you have to include them as part of your team. You don't want to try to do something on your own Mm -hmm. and not have your parent aware of what you're doing and have their support is very important. Okay. Um, So off of that, I would like to talk about inspiration. So you've inspired me um, to do business, as I've said um, before. And not only that, you've inspired my brother, too. And my brother and I both inspired my mom. And my mom was inspired by that. And now we're inspiring children around our church and in our church. um, And they're doing similar things, such as for business, Um, and they're doing similar things to the business fairs, and I'm just going to tell you that you've really made a large impact on everyone's lives and not just one person. So, um, Thank you. That's very nice of you to say that. Mm -hmm. Thank you um, for being um, such an inspiration to me. Oh, thanks. Um, I have one more question. Do you have any additional advice to mention to our listeners? I would say that... um, the best advice is to dream big. Uh, Miss Vanessa gave me a, a sign that I put in my, my, my bathroom. So I see it every morning when I'm brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. And it says, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And I have to look at that dreams are very, um, are very important. Do you mm-hmm. want me to stop? No. Okay. So um, dreams are very important. And you have um, one life really to live it fully, you know, because there's so many wonderful, wonderful things you can do in your life. And if you uh, limit yourself by your dreams, like you say, oh, I can't do that, don't believe it, because that's just your old ideas saying you can't do it. Because it's, it's, we live in a society that's like a kind of goes for the no, you know, like, oh, no, you can't do that. You're just a kid, you know, that kind of silly, you know, thing that people say. It's, It's just old. It's very old. So if you're a young person and you have a strong desire and you have these goals that you want to accomplish in your life, write them down and look at the little steps that you have to take to get to that goal. Okay, you might have a goal of being an entrepreneur or you might have a goal of being an ice skater or or a person who does martial arts or something like that. In addition to those goals, write down everything that you want to accomplish in your life. I want to travel. I want to have a business. I want to have children. I want to have a family. I, you know, things like that. So, And so that you're kind of like dreaming big and you're not limiting yourself. Because it's very easy in a society where we're told, oh, no, you can't do that. Or you're going to be rejected. It doesn't matter. Rejection is not the problem. The problem is, is that we limit ourselves and we get scared and we back off and we say, oh, I can't do that. You believe that old idea. So don't believe that old idea. You know, your dreams are very, very important. You have a higher power inside of you, whether you call it God or whether you call it just higher power or whatever you want to call that energy that's inside of you that's love. That's the thing that's going to motivate you positively in your life. If you're going to believe the negative things, 
and the negative ideas that other people have that our society has sometimes, you know, believes in, you're going to limit yourself and you won't get those wonderful opportunities that are ahead of you. And so, you know, dream big, write down your goals, make sure that you do little baby steps to get to those goals and believe in yourself because you can limit yourself or you can empower yourself. And you'll also be around people that can empower you as well. So look for those people that are going to empower you and, and ask those people to support you and encourage you. And they will, you know, because those are the kind of people like your parents or your minister or your, your relatives or your friends. Make sure that they know what your goals are and that you have those goals because they will support you. And if they're not going to support you, then they're really not best friends that you have. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you're looking for the right people in your life. Okay. Thank you. That was very, very, um, that was, I never thought of life that way. And I will make sure to write down my goals. Um, concluding that interview, thank you so much for doing this again. Um, I really enjoyed my time. Um, um, thank you all so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Peyton. It's my pleasure. Hi, everybody. We are back, and I really want to say another big thank you to Miss Janet. Um, she really is an amazing and genuine person. And now we're going to switch gears to Duo Chat. Danny, what do you have for us today? Okay, today's question is, do you think 16-year-olds should vote? So, Peyton, what's your take on this question? Well, I do think 16-year-olds 16 should vote because most of them have jobs by that time. They do donate organs by that time. And I think if you pay taxes that you should be able to participate in the process of voting. And that is why I think 16-year-olds should vote. Danny, what's your take on this question? Um, the answer is no. I think there's a lot of pros and cons to both sides. And since there's a lot of pros and cons to both sides, and to me they're both equal, I think we should just leave it the same. Um, that that's just what I think. We just need to stay where it is. I don't think most. I don't most Mertz, most sixteen year olds. I don't think are mature to have the right to um, should have the say to who's in our office, who's in office. And that's my opinion. And a um opinion behind this is one um new a poster on the New York Post said at the age of sixteen we allow our young people to get behind the wheel of a car, work full time. Register as an organ donor, donate blood, and we should allow six-year-olds to vote. And then there is one person who said, that's absurd. You say, um, there are still kids, they'll just follow their parents' decisions. They can't get their heads out of their phones long enough to pay attention to politics. So, um, I'm with the second paragraph, and my sister's with the first, but I do not think six-year-olds should be able to vote. Okay, can I say something about the second paragraph? So to me, because we're all, like, a lot of us are always on our phones, we could be on our phones searching up the people who we think should run for office and know what they're thinking about doing in the future. So that's all I wanted to say. And um, thank you so much. We asked Ms. Janet this question earlier. Here's her opinion. So today's question is, um, to Miss Janet, do you feel like you should be um, that children should be voting at the age of sixteen? Well, Danny, that's an interesting question. Um, when I was sixteen years old, from my experience, I didn't think that I was mature enough, and I didn't have enough information. 
um, to make a good decision about voting at 16. I did when I was 18. I think I was a little bit more aware of what was going on with the the um, the uh, political system when I was 18. I did have opinions, though, when I was in eighth grade, because I remember when McGovern, that was a long time ago, when McGovern was running for president, and my family, my family was kind of divided. I had Republicans. My dad was a Republican, and my mom was a Democrat. And I remember thinking very strongly that I was going to be a Democrat, too. So I decided when I was, um, during that time, when I was, I think I was in eighth grade, I had this, I used to have these arguments with my friends in eighth grade about who should be president. But I didn't know what the, the, the situation, what was going on, like, you know, what were their point of view and what were, they, what were they standing for? So I didn't really do a lot of that, but I knew that I, w- I wanted to have someone who was going to be for the people. I knew that that's what I wanted, more, more for the people than for big business, which I think is what happens. Um, people have to kind of make that distinction. So um, I think at 16 nowadays, young people are really starting to become more aware of the, the issues that are going on in our world. They're more concerned about the environment. I, I believe that you know we really have to make that one of the number one things that people research and are aware of, that our environment is so delicate and we're having to take care of it. We really need to take care of it. So I think that at 16 years old, young people nowadays are becoming more aware of the issues and if they feel very strongly that they want to stand up to, to vote, they should be able to. I don't know if all the 16-year-olds will be able to vote because I don't think all of them know the issues. They may be swayed by their parents or, you know, things that they see on TV. So I, I do know that our brains, um, that the, the executive function of our brains in, in the prefrontal cortex is where we make our decision making. And I know from studies that our brains don't fully develop until we're in our 20s. So I know for myself that that was very true. And um, making decisions before I was in my 20s was, you know, probably a little too immature, but that, that was because I was immature. And I didn't know that I needed to do the research before I voted. And when I was 18, I started becoming more aware of that. So if there are 16-year-olds that are more mature now, and they know the facts, and they knew, they know the issues, and they feel strongly about those issues, especially like gun control and, and you know, the issues that are really affecting their lives, they should be able to vote at 16 if that's what they want. Um, I don't know if our government will go along with that idea because, you know, most most of the government is kind of controlling in a lot of ways. So I think that young people will have to definitely speak up. I think it's also important at 16 years old to be involved in their communities. They can get involved and help and do things that will make the community a better place. But I think that it's going to be hard for them to get the vote at 16 years old. But, you know, women got the right to vote and uh, civil rights helped to get, you know, African-American people the right to vote. Um, It takes sometimes it takes a long time. So, you know, keep keep the faith and continue to work in your community to make it a better place. Okay, thank you so much, Ms. Janet, for your take on this question. Um, We're so appreciative of you coming here, um, giving us a chunk of your time to help us. Um, we're very appreciative. We just want to say thank oh, you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you to Miss Janet Littlejohn for this interview and this last question. All right, everyone, that concludes our podcast. Um, I know I enjoyed it a lot. I hope you guys did. Danny, did you enjoy it? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, any last words? We want to hear from you. 
Hit us up on our Instagram at mbteenpodcast. That's the letter N, the letter B, teen podcast. Tell us what topics you want to hear about and what topics you want us to cover. Be sure to subscribe. See you next time. Bye. Bye.